This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now. Have you ever heard of the term she kissed a lot of frogs to get to her prince? I'm sure you have. Well, that was me. At 43 years old, I've had my fair share of failed relationships, situationships, meaningless connections. So about two years ago, I decided I was just going to embrace the single life and continue building my brand and creating a legacy. I never saw myself being married and definitely, definitely not to an inmate. But life is tricky, huh? Hey guys, and welcome to episode three of season two. Oh my God, it is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the amazing moms out there. I myself am not a mom, but I have several friends that do an amazing job at it. Of course, my mom is amazing. So I just want to just say thank you guys to all the moms out there. You guys are why the world continues to go round and round. Um, it's not an easy job. It's a lot of sacrifices. So much love that you guys um give our future your kids it's amazing to watch and again um I just want to take this time to say happy mother's day to all the wonderful moms out there I hope you guys enjoyed your mother's day I hope it was filled with love and I personally want to give you guys a round of applause for doing such a job well done So today on episode <laughs> three of season two, I actually want to start talking about marriage. That's what we're here for, right? This is a podcast on relationships, on the chronicles of being a prison wife for the girlfriends, the fiancés that will be soon to be wives. This is what this actual episode is about. Now, I want to jump into talking about the actual wedding vows. Marriage vows are promises each partner in a couple makes to the other during a wedding ceremony based on the Western Christian norms. They are not universal to marriage and not necessarily in the most legal jurisdictions. They are not even universal within Christian marriage as Eastern Christians do not have marriage vows in their traditional wedding ceremonies. In the time of the Roman Empire, the lower classes had free marriages. The bride's father would deliver her to the groom and the two agreed that they would wed and would keep the vow of marriage by mutual consent. So that's like, I'm going to marry you, you're going to marry me, and we married. <laughs> now, wealthy Romans would sign documents listing property rights to publicly declare that their union was legalized and not a common law marriage. This was the beginning of the official recording of marriage. The oldest traditional wedding vows can be traced back to the manuals of the medieval church. In England, there were manuals of New York, the compliers of the first book of common prayer published in 1549, based on its marriage service, mainly of the, of the manual upon agreement to marry, the Church of England usually offered couples a choice. The couple could promise each other to love and cherish, or alternatively, the groom promises to love, cherish, and worship, and the bride to love, cherish, and obey. And that's pretty much how 
the marriage vows actually started, um, which is kind of interesting because now um, we have common law marriages in certain states. You know, you live together for a certain amount of time, they consider you married. But just to know back then that was actually what they considered a marriage. But to make it official as time went on, they came up with a basic contract and it was actually property to say, okay, this is mine, this is yours, this is ours. Um, and that's quite interesting. I thought it was really, really quite interesting. Um, the mar- There was a marriage act in 1949 um, about civil marriages in England. It was a parliament of the UK requiring, um, well, was rec- I'm sorry, regulating marriages, prohibiting marriages during evenings and nights. So you could not get married between 6 p.m., and 8 a.m. as far as this marriage act in 1949 um, in the UK, which is very interesting. Again, no evening weddings, guys. No evening. You had to get married in the actual daytime. And if you think about it, that tradition still really goes on. You don't see too many um, weddings in the evening, nighttime. A lot of them are, you know, during the day, 12 o'clock, one o'clock and the reception, you know, it's a, it's a long process. It's definitely a long process, but for whatever reason, the actual ceremony has always been in the daytime. Um, and again, something that I thought was actually interesting. Now, when we jump into the legal side of marriage, um, the federal civil rights law, stems from the Supreme Court with the interpretation of the Constitution using this standard that marriage has long been established as a fundamental right of all Americans. Marriage is recognized as one of the vital personal rights essential to the order to the pursuit of happiness by free men. Marriage is one of the basic civil rights of man, fundamental to our very existence to survive. I'm going to say that again, guys. The fundamental to our very existence and survival. That is what is considered in the Constitution. And the reason why I chose this topic today is because I wanted to kind of touch on, you know, do you consider marriage a contract or do you consider it um, just strictly your vows? You have some people that, you know, they do it spiritually. You have some people that feel like they don't need the paperwork within the paperwork. You have prenuptials. um, You have people that are against prenuptials. Their idea is that, you know, if we're doing this for love, why do we have to sign paperwork? And it's quite interesting because it's almost like, when did it become an actual contract. Do you consider your marriage an actual contract? It is an agreement. It's an agreement between two different people um, stating that basically I belong to you, you belong to me, um, sort of like property, sort of like property, guys. Um, And it's just something that, you know, when we get married, you're, you're saying your vows and then there's the paperwork, you know, it's always has to be the paperwork. And as time went on, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you have to be legally binded to this actual person, you know, for medical situations, of course, for situations, if your spouse is incarcerated. Um, and my reasoning for this topic today, I will get into it later on in a serious note facts, but I definitely wanted to touch on this first so that it will flow and you can kind of understand where I'm going. Um, I'm going with this, but yes, guys, marriage started off as just an agreement just between two different people, um, to make it legal. It turned into a, um, property type of contract. And as time went on, of course, you know, it changed definitely a lot when money is involved, children are involved, death is involved, everything becomes legal. But I don't think that a lot of people realize that within the Constitution, that being married is a part of your actual civil rights. Um, and we all know a lot of people's civil rights are are, are violated. Um, and within those civil rights, you have different things that determine, you know, in the beginning, it was between 
marriage was between a man and a woman. Um, that's why a lot of things got very sticky when it came to same-sex marriages, because actually in the Constitution, it definitely talks about a man and a woman um, due to the fact that, you know, we're talking about Christian ways um, that started long, 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 long time ago. So guys, yes, my topic of the day is about marriage vows, your First Amendment rights, um, your pursuit to happiness, and the existence of marriage um, for our for our survival. You, when you're incarcerated, um, as I have done a lot of research, and especially in one of my first, maybe third or fourth episode, I talked about the actual survival rate of relationships and marriages uh, of people that are incarcerated. And one of the things that a psychiatrist said was to maintain um, a healthy relationship with people that was incarcerated. Um, they highly recommended marriage so that they could have, so the inmates could have some kind of normality. Um, they're isolated from their families. Um, they kind of struggle through a lot of up and down emotional things. But the one thing that brought that happiness was marriage um and a lot of times they would you know have counseling and just different things like that because they felt like the survival of the inmate coming home and them being productive within the community and not coming back to prison would be strongly based on a foundation a family and again this is something that i just wanted to touch on because when i think about it, it kind of makes sense. It definitely makes sense of having some kind of normality while you're still incarcerated. And so today I just wanted to touch on that. I wanted to touch touch on the marriage vows. I wanted to touch on your, your, your civil rights to be married. Um, and just pretty much how it all started and how important it is, how important it is to continue to have healthy relationships um, with your spouse while they're incarcerated, it actually does really, really help. Knowing that they have the support, knowing that they have um, something to come home to, knowing that they have a future, um, the positive affirmations, um, the help, you know, not, not necessarily the financial help, but just the help of, um, being able to just deal on a day-to-day -day basis, being able to just have somebody to communicate with, knowing that you have somebody that's out there that loves you, that cares about you, and is fighting for you just as hard as you're fighting for yourself. It definitely, um, it helps. It definitely helps. That is why a lot of times you hear people talk about how important it is and how they just value women in their lives who stuck through them, um, in this horrible, horrible time of their life. Um, and so this is why I'm here. This is why I always try to encourage to try to have healthy relationships, you know, try to not get into the negative thought process of what everybody else around you was saying and how everybody else feels and what everybody else feels is, is better for you and your situation and in, and in your life. Um, it's a don't turn your back type of situation. You know, it's trying to be all that you can be to this person um, to help them get through a difficult time, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a marriage or anything like that, you know, they need this, this normality. And I definitely do understand why that actual psychiatrist felt like it was, you know, it's kind of like conjugal visits. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of reasons why they had conjugal visits was because they wanted to keep the inmate feeling that normality. It keeps a lot of frustration down. It keeps a lot of anger down. I mean, let's be honest. Like if you're sitting somewhere frustrated for X amount of years, the companionship having to have that weekend with your loved one to keep that normality within your relationship it actually saves what you have it actually keeps you um 
together. You know, you're spending that time. It's not years after years going by. You can't see them. You can't touch them. You can't hug them. You can't be physical. You can't have sex. Those are the type of things that created conjugal visits. Um, And I totally agree with it. I totally agree with it. I feel like if you are married, if you are engaged, um, different things like that, I think that it is very, very important for you to have a little bit more um, accessibility to to your spouse. I really, really do. Because it it can tear a household apart. It can tear a a whole relationship apart. Um, And if you want to talk about continuing to be positive and, and when they come out, making sure they don't come back, I think that a lot of these things that they have taken away is the reason why a lot of things fail, why a lot of things, why it's so much aggression. Um, I'm going to keep it 100. I'm, if I'm somewhere locked away and I get a weekend to be with my man, I'm not thinking about, can't nothing bother me. I am in la-la land. I'm cool. I'm coming back to my cell. You know, I'm moving on with my week because I have definitely got that time in. I have definitely, um, got my frustrations off <laughs> and I'm good. I'm good. I don't have time to argue. I don't want to fight. You know, you, you're relaxed. It makes sense. It definitely, definitely makes sense. So I just want to put that on you guys' minds for all of you out there. You know, the, you, you married women, um, engaged women. I really think that it is so important that we try to, um, push that companionship um try to um make this a thing again you know a lot of states don't do it anymore but I really think it's something that should be reconsidered even when it comes down to procreation you know if you have a husband that's going to be locked up for 30 40 years you know you still want to have kids your biological clock is ticking um this is your husband it is actually his civil right to continue to be able to have children. If he wants to procreate, it's his civil right. You should not have to do a court order or or, um, request DNA or different things like that because you still want to continue on building a family. It is a total violation of their civil rights. They have to be able to do this. So again, this is all of the things that are within being married, within... um, staying healthy, uh, within companionship. I I just really think a a lot of the drama would just be slim to none. Um, I'm saying a lot without saying a lot, but it would be slim to none. So just think about that guys, you know, how, how do you feel about conjugal visits? How do you feel about your marriage vows? How do you feel, you know, do you, do you look at it as a, a mental thing, a spiritual thing? Do you need paperwork? Um, And how does all of this play? How does all of this play when your spouse is removed from your household? How does it affect the family? How does it affect your children? How does it affect financially? And that is where I get into my on a serious note. So you have to stay tuned, guys, to see where I'm going with this. But again, thank you guys for joining me on episode three. Again, I hope you women, wonderful women, queens of this earth are having an amazing, amazing Mother's Day. And again, happy Mother's Day to all of you ladies out there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. You are so appreciated. And of course, you know what time it is. It's now time for me to jump into my story of the day. Having a spouse incarcerated isn't easy. You go through a lot emotionally, mentally, and it can become a financial burden as well. Fed Up Wives is my nonprofit organization that's set to help wives of incarcerated inmates. To contact Fed Up Wives, you can email fedupwives.org at gmail.com or you can call 770-927-8011. Now back to the show. 
Okay, guys. So, story of the day. Nightmares part three. (laughs) My husband, my husband and these nightmares, y'all. He is continuously, I think this is like three nights out the week. He is having so many nightmares about cats to the point that now we have moved from a nightmare to real life situations guys there is a cat there is a cat that lives on the property (laughs) of the prison where my husband is and he is so terrified of this cat let me tell you guys he told me the other day that he was coming back from the yard and he's like, you know, it was it was a cat, you know, just walking around and everybody was just walking by the cat. Like, you know, the cat was just, what's up? And he said, <laughs> he said, I'm, I just decided, you know, I'm going to do like everybody else. I'm, I'm just going, I'm going to toughen it up. I'm going I'm to I'm walk with this cat. I'm going I'm to walk through just like everybody else. I'm not going to pay this cat no attention. So as he's walking through, trying to pretend like on the inside, he's not about to die because of this cat he tells me that the cat made eye contact with him and started following him and he had the look in his eyes that said if your scary ass wasn't by your if your scary ass was by yourself i'll fuck you up <laughs> and so my husband was like I kept going. I just kept going. I am so proud of myself. I just kept going. Nobody knew what was going on on the inside. (laughs) He was struggling. He was struggling to keep moving and act so normal around everybody else. Because, of course, you know, he's not going to let nobody know that he is scared of this four-legged little feline animal right here. But it tickled me to death because he said the cat looked him in his eyes and looked at him like, with your scary ass. And now, every day, he keeps encountering this cat. He saw the cat today. He said he looked outside the window. The cat went in the trash, pulled some food out, and ate the food. And, oh, my God, he said that the cat stares at him now. He is tripping. And all of this is his way of reminding me that he is scared of cats. I know you love Penelope, but (laughs) he thinks when he get out, Penelope is going to whoop his ass or something. Like, I don't know. But it's been tickling me to death, guys. Like, my husband is so scared of cats. I mean, this is, I'm telling you, this is like nightmare three within a whole week. I'm telling you, he ain't too much tuna. He eating too much tuna. I had to tell him today that, that the cat was his spiritual friend. It's his uh, guardian angel or anything. Because every day, there's a cat story. There is a cat story. But, guys, <laughs> he gonna kill me when he realized. I keep telling y'all about his fear of these cats. But he's scared of cats. He is totally, totally scared of cats. He told me one time, if I wanted to take all the money out of his pocket, I could just throw a cat on him. <laughs> like, oh, my God. This is sad. <laughs> but... He's scared of cats. He is scared of cats. And that is my story of the day. I am, listen, man versus cat. (laughs) And the cats are winning. The cats are winning. He is not with it. Oh my God. Oh my God. He is not with it. But that is my story of the day, guys. And also, also, you know, by it being Mother's Day, I have to say this. My husband has a wonderful relationship with my mom. He loves my mom. My mom loves him. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Um, And it's something I also want to encourage, you know, if you have a mom like mine, you know, mothers are everything. They are so amazing. It's nothing wrong with having a bonus mom. You know, the more love that you shower on them, the more encouragement, it just keeps them going every day. So 
thank you guys again for tuning in and that was my story of the day man versus cat part three So now it's time to jump into the meme of the day. This love is not easy. Any way, shape, or form, it takes an active decision each and every day to continue to try, to work at it, to honor those promises made. As difficult as it is, don't let anyone tell you to give up. The people saying to give up don't understand your level of commitment. And that is the meme of the day. As I always say, live your truth. Only you and your spouse are in that relationship. Do what is best for you, what makes you happy, and continue to focus on that happiness. And that is the meme of the day, guys. Thank you again for joining me on episode three of season two. Babe. What's up, baby? I love you. Me too. So, of course, you guys already know what time it is. It is time for the update on my husband. Um, wow, like it's Mother's Day. You know, I've been thinking all day, like how he really feels to, you know, this is like his third or maybe fourth mother's day away from his mom and he loves his mom they have the cutest relationship um and i just hate it i really really hate it and these are those moments that is very very important you know that we try to um put as much love on them as we can you know because this is hard this is really hard to be away from your mom um, I love my mom and i woke up this morning like okay what you want to do today we're gonna do this we're gonna do this you know so a lot of times on days like this, I don't like to like just tell my husband like, oh yeah, me and my mom did this, me and my mom did that, you know, because I don't want him to feel some type of way. I don't want him to get sad. I don't want him to get in his feelings. He's a man, but he loves his mom. And so it's so hard to, um, you know, tiptoe over certain things that, you know, will bring them down. You know, I know today probably was one of those days for him outside of the fact, you know, he has children, you know, so of course, you know, you know, talking to the mother of his kids, you know, who are out here raising his kids while he's away, you know, that's a job, that's a job. And so that's something else that, you know, bothers him as well, because he knows it's hard, you know, you're putting everything off on, one individual person but as i say mothers are phenomenal and um again it's just something that i know that weighs on him and it's just very hard for someone who you know like us that's out here doing the regular things um i kind of tiptoe around it you know i really do i I don't want to like not express to him you know what i did today and how it was today and you know how my mom was doing and stuff like that but it's like for me, like Father's Day, I hate Father's Day. You know, when I when Father's Day come around, whew, I just got tongue tied. When Father's Day comes around, um, I go into a shell. You know, I go into a shell. I don't look at social media, um, because it's a constant reminder. You know, I don't. My memory stopped. My memory stopped. Um, years ago with my dad, and um, it's a hurtful thing. So I try to keep that in the back of my head and try to be very um uh, aware you know of what it could possibly do but outside of that he's doing amazing um he's working out every day you know he's going to work every day um he's now trying to you know figure out some things with his case um he's been faced with a lot of roadblocks which is due to the fact of him having a attorney which the attorney has really has really been ineffective um to be honest with you guys and now he has a choice he has to make a choice whether he's going to let his attorney go and try to do all these things on his own um which I really do encourage that I mean I encourage it because me doing this podcast me learning a lot it's basically about research research filing forms, um, um, learning different legal terms, 
I honestly, honestly know for sure that you could actually do a lot of these things on your own. And due to the fact of him having this attorney and the attorney is like in the way, it's stalling a lot of things. Um, And so, like I told him, you have to decide, you have to decide on which way you want to go. But I am very proud of him for continuing to, you know, try to fight, try to figure out what he needs to do. But yes, he's doing great. He's doing amazing. Thank you guys again for continuing to pray for him, continuing to keep him lifted up, continuing to keep myself in your prayers. It is truly, truly appreciated by myself and my husband. And that is all I have for today for the updates of my husband. Again, this is episode three of season two. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me, with us. And just stay tuned because guess what, guys? It is the meme of the day coming up. Coming this August 13th, a true crime podcast called Milk and Cereal with myself and my best friend. We'll be talking about America's most infamous serial killers. So join us each and every Saturday morning for breakfast and murder. In 1997, world famous fashion designer Gianni Versace was gunned down in the street. It was the culmination of a three-month, two-and-a-half-thousand-mile rampage. I quickly realized that this was much, much bigger than anything we had ever dealt with. As the clock ticked, the body count rose. He was like right there. Boom. It was horrifying. Even 16 years doesn't change things. And with it, the question, why had Andrew Cunanan, a good-looking and popular young man, embarked on this devastating killing spree? To think that Andrew killed Johnny Versace was just about the most preposterous thing that anybody could ever tell you. Both Wetlock Chronicles podcast and Milk and Cereal True Crime podcast are a part of 1329 Media and Production Company, RT Brand, LLC, and Extra Entertainment. Wetlock Chronicles podcast will still be dropping each and every Friday and Sunday with season three beginning September 4th. So today, on a serious note, I want to talk about loss of consortium. Now, for you guys that do not know what loss of consortium is, loss of consortium is basically loss of assistance that may occur when the injured spouse is unable to share an everyday task, such as raising kids, cleaning the house, walking the dog, your residency may be affected, you can't pay your bills even results in the inability to have sexual relationships. That is what is considered loss of consortium. Now, what does it mean for loss of consortium in marital status? It's basically when one or both spouses have been injured or if one spouse is killed because of negligence or wrongful action of another party. The other spouses can seek loss of consortium damages through a lawsuit. Loss of consortium damages are not available to other parties in personal injury lawsuits. Now, in addition to different compensations for medical bills, lost wages, victims of serious personal injuries that arise from someone else's negligence can also pre-sue for non-economical damages. One example of a non-economic damage is loss of consortium. This is the type of claim that is also referred as to loss of affection and may be, pursued, may be pursued by members of a victim's family and other loved ones who are close to the victim. If the victim has passed away due to negligence, those close to him or her should consider pursuing this type of claim. Now, again, I'll break it down. What is the loss of consodium? A loss of consodium claim is most often brought by the spouse of the victim of a serious personal injury. The idea behind this type of damage is that an individual who is the victim who suffers a catastrophic 
and debilitating injury is not able to contribute to his or to his or loved ones or around the home as once was possible that's considered loss of consodium companionship comfort assistance company intimate relationship these are all considered loss of consodium now when you think of injury you think of physical injury but a loss is financial a loss is again communication different things stem from what would be considered a loss now again i know you guys are probably wondering where am i going with this but i'm going (laughs) now with relationship requirements to do this loss of consolium unfortunately a very a valid marriage license between spouses is usually required for a successful loss of consortium claim to help prove you are entitled to this type of damage you should attempt to prove that in the marriage to your spouse is was it stable and loving for one the injured the 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 jury will also scrutinize the life expectancy of you and your spouse in addition to the companionship provided by the victim prior to the injury so let's talk about the injury guys we're going to talk about the injury if you are married if you are married and your husband is incarcerated we all know due to incarceration there's tremendous amount of loss which is an injury so when your spouse goes to prison you basically are at a loss your companionship your relationship your lack of sex um raising your children the day-to-day things around the house um you know the financial aspect you you can't pay your bills anymore and the reason why you might have to lose your home lose your car several different things take place because the actual other party was helping you and due to the lack of their help all of these injuries have happened so Again, the reason why I talked about the marriage vows, the reason why I talked about common law, the reason why I talked about all these things is because if, in fact, you are married, you have suffered a loss. When your loved one is incarcerated, you have suffered a loss. Um, And you should be able to sue. You should be able to sue, not just for compensation, but to sue for your spouse. Prior to being incarcerated, you took a vow. You signed paperwork. This paperwork is a contract, quote unquote, is an agreement, quote unquote, that says I belong to you and you belong to me. You can sue for negligence, for anything that has caused injury to your situation. Um... And it gets deep. It gets very, very deep. And it's amazing because, again, these are things just like CTE um, that came to my mind as I was talking to my friend Demita about how actually can you make this happen. But if you think about it, um, you should be able to sue the government for loss of consortium especially especially if your spouse was not found guilty at the time if it was a situation where um there was not enough evidence to actually have them as being guilty if they were incarcerated and they were not guilty it's so many different loopholes and wordings to this But the loss of consodium should be something that you should definitely be able to take to a courtroom and say, hey, you know, that's my property. And because of this property, I can no longer do A, B, C, D, E, E, you know, F, G or whatever. So you should be able to be compensated and the compensation should be, I want my husband back. I want my wife back. This loss is causing me too much. This injury is calling me causing me too much. Again, 
all of this is the reason why I wanted to talk about your marriage, um, your vows. I want to talk about, you know, the paperwork, the license, the property, um, how marriage was actually viewed before it was signed. It was common law. So if you think about it, even in certain states, you do not have to have paperwork to prove that you are actually married. So the requirements in certain stage, certain states should not be I have to prove that I'm married by a piece of paper common law should actually kick in and that (laughs) that is my topic of the day guys that is my topic of the day guys consortium consortium loss of consortium loss of injury due to your spouse being incarcerated I want you guys to think about that do your research look it up I promise you you will be just as shocked as I was when it was brought to my attention but this is what I'm here for as I say before I'll laugh I'll joke I'll play I'll talk about my husband but I definitely want to provide some informative facts loss of consodium why can't we sue for loss for injury injury is not a broken leg injury is not a messed up arm or a back it's a loss so many things fall up under that loss so again guys thank you so much um for tuning in again that was my topic for on a serious note loss of consodium guys i really think i really think that this is something big it's something big like can you just imagine that all of a sudden everybody just starts suing the government like yeah you know my husband's been away for 15 years and you know I had this going on this going on I lost this I had to move I had to do like really really think it is a injury it is an injury it is a loss um the factors that factor in I do not know um again this is just this this is research this and this is my opinion of course um but I don't know if guilt will play a major part in it like okay well if he's found guilty then hey you know you can't sue because the loss is because of xyz but what about all these people that were wrongfully convicted that got out you know yes they win they win they you know they'll sue they win but again think about it that's why they're winning loss of consodium they're winning for their own personal losses um for all these years that they've been away but what about the spouses what about the kids what about all the people the loved ones that are attached to this situation you should be able to sue for loss of consortium thank you guys again for joining me on episode three of season two Now it's time for my thoughts. First of all, Penelope, my co-host, she's been going crazy. I'm sure you guys heard her meowing all in the background. Um, oh, she just won't let me have a moment. I had to literally put her out <laughs> so that I could record. But I want to jump into my thoughts, guys. Um, my friend Amita bought this issue of consortium to my attention. Um, and this is, you know, just, this is one of the millions and many of things that she does in efforts to try and find ways to help the incarcerated people that she advocates for and for, for people just who may actually need help, um, when it comes down to the civil rights. And when she came to me with it, I was really floored, you know, and then we both started doing a little bit of research was bouncing ideas off of each other. And it really became an interesting topic for me. And I told her, I said, I'm definitely going to have to put this on a podcast because I think that my listeners need to hear this, especially the, the wives of, um, some, you know, of our incarcerated loved ones. This is something I've really felt strongly about um, that I wanted to talk about. And to break it down, again, marriage is an agreement, a legal agreement between two people, not really property, but responsibility for one another. So yes, it can be a property type of situation. I belong to you, you belong to me. Um, And once that person is gone, there's a loss. There's a definite loss. Um, Consortium is not just injury it's not just physical injury um so my thing is you know why can't you sue the government 
for for your spouse's back you know if this loss is becoming to the point where it's affecting everything in your life it's affecting the raising of your kids it's affecting your household it's affecting your bills just different things like that you should be able to sue for your spouse back because technically before they were actually property of the government or the state they were technically your property and it's negligence against your property um if there's no evidence to find your spouse guilty or if there was never enough evidence to find them guilty but but still they were found guilty and incarcerated again i still feel like this is something that you could actually um sue for it's an injury it is a total injury um just like the cte you know here's here's something else here's something else that might be a defense um an argument to obtain some kind of justice guys like you know Demita finds different ways you know she reads a lot of different things um I myself I read a lot of different things and a lot of stuff actually starts from the constitution knowing your civil rights knowing the the all of the different amends amendments and how it affects you the answers are right there in your face it just takes time to filter through it time to understand even if you have to break down each individual word meaning by meaning so that you can get a better gauge on what you're dealing with the answers a lot of times are right there in front of our faces um and it just takes somebody who is actually strong enough who is not in fear to 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 bring these type of things up um because we all know when our spouse when our spouses go away like it's a it's a substantial injury i mean especially financial the financial is probably one of the biggest losses that you take when your loved one is incarcerated um and i'm gonna tell you guys demita is definitely a force to be reckoned with and um If I would have continued to go to law school, I definitely would have been the attorney that would have walked side by side with her to fight all of these things, um, to try to get some type of justice, to try to bring some things to light. Like you have to shake some things up. I mean, it's the truth, but it's not wrong. You're not wrong. It's right there. It's right there in our faces. Um, A lot of this legal stuff sometimes is just on the fly you know they come up with stuff on the fly that that can go with whatever this case is um and that's why it's very important that you read it's very important that you understand your rights it's very important that you understand the laws but i'm telling you guys if i said it more than one time read the constitution know your rights your human rights it is right there in your faces so that is my thought those are my thoughts of the day guys um thank you again for joining me i hope that you know these different facts that i'm bringing you i hope it's shedding some light i hope it's making you you know just think um think of some things i'm hoping it's it's helping you think of some things that could probably help your spouse or your loved one or someone that you know um that's what i'm here for so i thank you guys again for um for tuning in for tuning in to my segment on a serious note now of course my advice of the day follow your dreams follow your dreams and follow your heart it is so important that you do that no matter how hard it is no matter what anybody says continue to keep going continue to keep going um dreams do come true dreams do come true thank you guys again for joining me um I love you guys, and that concludes On a Serious Note. Quick update, guys. Quick update. So, as I told you guys before, I now have a Patreon account. Please make sure you guys go onto the Patreon account. All the episodes, the new episodes are uploaded on there different things that I talk about pictures articles all those things will be uploaded on a patreon account I love using patreon I love my website but patreon is so easy to deal with you do have to pay for a membership guys um but just try it out see what you think I'm not asking you to do it but 
you can find so much of what's going on that I don't say here. A lot of the uh, resources that I use that's in the footnotes of each episode, everything is on Patreon. So look for Wetlock Chronicles podcast on Patreon. Also, guys, please, 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 please leave a review. Leave a review for whatever um, podcast platform that you're using, Apple, whatever, four stars, five stars, one star, whatever. Leave a review. You can leave comments if you're using the Spotify platform. I need those reviews and comments, guys. It just lets me know what I'm doing, what I need more more to do, more improvement. Um, if you have different topics that you want me to talk about, leave a review, leave a review, leave a comment. You can actually go to anchorfm.com if you want to leave me a voicemail. I will get it. I will actually play it as well. If you want to leave, if you want to ask me a question, I'll play the question. I'll give you an answer. If you email me, I will respond. Just please continue to correspond with me, guys. Um, it's so important. It's so important. I also want to give a um an update on the Freedom Fest. The Freedom Fest again is July 2nd, 2022 at Grant Park from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Myself and Demita just came up with a very, very cool idea of creating an actual book, a highlights book that will highlight every year of the Freedom Fest. This year um, will be volume one. So you can look for that. It will have a lot of the bios of the speakers, um, different um, inmates that will be highlighted, an index full of information, attorney's information, um, different or different organizations that could help. This is going to be a very, very cool book. As the years go by, of course, you know, the book will develop even more. You'll be able to see like different things that happened from the year before. But Freedom Fest, January 2nd, Grant Park, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Come out and advocate for your family. Come out, tell your family story. Come out and tell your story. There will be vendors there. I myself will be there um, doing interviews live. This is going to be a very, very big event, guys. So I definitely hope to see you guys there. If you want to um, become a guest on the show, you can email me at wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. And thank you guys so much again. I cannot tell you enough for continuing to support Wetlock Chronicles podcast. As you know, um, Milk and Cereal podcast coming up in August on the third, the third side podcast. I don't know why I want to keep saying on the third side. The third side podcast will be coming this fall. Brought to you by... 1329 Media and Production Company, RT Brand LLC, Extra Entertainment. And again, guys, thank you so much for joining me on episode three of season two. Thank you guys for joining me on yet another part of my journey. To follow this podcast, you can find it on Facebook and Instagram under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. Twitter, Wetlock Podcast, and be sure to subscribe to the show's YouTube channel by clicking the link in the show's description. To get updates on season two, live episodes, discussion forums, and much more, visit wetlockchronicles.com. You can also get the link to sign the petition for Matthew Baker Jr. within the show's description. Thank you guys again for joining me. Please stay blessed, stay safe, and welcome to Wetlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. <laughs>